Welcome to Story Jam. Hey, this is Stephanie Rogers. I'm the host and producer of Story Jam, a live storytelling and music show that features fantastic stories and a kick-ass band playing original music written for each story. For more information about all that, please visit us at storyjamshow.com. Today's episode features the fabulous Erica Nicole Clark. Erica brought the house down. At our annual Martin Luther King Day show, she is a storyteller, a comedian, and a school teacher. We'll hear Erica's story, then the song we wrote and played for it, and then we will talk to Erica all about her work. By the way, Story Jam is proudly sponsored by Royal Bank of Canada. Now, here is Erica Nicole Clark, live at Story Jam. All right, so I'm going to preface this story with telling you guys a little bit about myself. Um, Did you guys grow up in the 80s, predominantly amount of you? Yes. So I have a famous, (laughs) or the 70s, um, I have a famous father. Uh, My father is Mr. T. Okay, yeah. Um, Now, most people think I'm lying when I say that, but I'm like, why would I pick him? Um, That's... That's so f***ing random. Um, so. <laughs> but this is not a story about him. and includes him, but it is about my mother. Um, so my mom and dad met in junior high. And my mom has seven sisters. Actually, she has ten if you count her stepsisters. And out of her seven sisters, all of them have masters and PhDs. They're all extremely intelligent. They all have degrees in mathematics or science. My mother is the only one who did not go to college. She got pregnant with my sister, and then she had me eight years later. So to make up for her f***ing in high school, uh, me and my sister, (laughs) me and my sister were, we had to be her protégés. We were forced to be extremely intelligent. My sister is extremely intelligent when it comes to science, and I excel in math. Every day of my life after school, I had to take a math class. It was always like a math word mixed with an athletic word. It was like mathnasium, math Olympics, you know, like every single day of my life. Um, So then, so we we lived on the south side of Chicago. We lived on 82nd and Racine. Yeah. Um, Then the A team took off and we got the fuck out of the south side, right? And. And we moved to this suburb called Lake Forest, right? Yeah. Um, So if you're familiar with Lake Forest, you know that I was the only black child at my elementary school, right? And my sister was the only black person in the high school, right? So they brought me to school before school started, and the principal wanted to talk to me. And my mom told the principal that I was excellent at math. So he placed me in an advanced math class based off what my mother had said, right? So, and mind you, I've always been good at math up until that point. So they put me in a math class 
uh, with a teacher. It's advanced math. So I was in fourth grade. So it wasn't really advanced math so much as it was fifth or sixth grade math, right? My teacher was named Miss Valentine, okay? So the first day I'm in math with Miss Valentine, it's great. It's fine. Second day, which was a Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, it was a Thursday. It's fine, right? After class, Miss Valentine gave me a letter and she said, I want to give this to your, I want you to give this to your mother. I tried to call, but she didn't answer. So I want you to give this letter to your mom. And then come Monday of next week, you'll be in a new math class, right? So <laughs> I went home and I gave the letter to my mom and my mom opened it. <laughs> I remember my mom was sitting there smoking a cigarette and she's reading it and she's like, oh, I'm going to fuck that bitch tomorrow, right? And I was like, oh no, right? Um, I don't know about y'all, but when a black mom from the South Side says that, she means that, right? So, so I couldn't sleep. Like my stomach was like turning and I'm like, oh please, please mom. Like we just moved to Lake Forest. Like please don't do this, right? So in the morning, my sister drove me to school and my mom was asleep. So I was just like, oh, she probably forgot about it. Whatever that letter said, she forgot about it. Um, so I get to school, I'm in a homeroom, <laughs> and our homeroom teacher is taking attendance, and my mom came into the classroom with black sunglasses on, black leather coat, black driving gloves, and was like, where the fuck is Miss Valentine, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like in a fourth grade classroom, right? Um, so I started like doing my work, because I was like, I don't know that lady at all, right? Um, so, so my homeroom teacher, is like, ma'am, can I help you? How did you get in the school? Like, who are you, right? So my mom's like, fuck you, I'll find her myself, right? So my mom is going down the hallways, and as we all know, in elementary school classrooms, like, the teacher's names are on the door, right? So she goes to Ms. Valentine's classroom. Like, our whole class is standing and looking at her in the hallway. And she goes, Ms. Valentine, can I talk to you for a second? Ms. Valentine comes out. And I remember hearing Ms. Valentine say, I don't care who you're married to. I'm not going to be intimidated by... And my mom started choking Ms. Valentine, right? And she's slamming her against the lockers. Um, and mind you, at that time, my mom had to be like 34. Ms. Valentine was like 61, okay? Like, this was not fair, right? Um... <laughs> So my mom's choking her and all the kids are screaming and I'm just like, well, it was nice. Lake Forest was nice while it lasted, right? Um, and my mom is just going nuts and she's so mad and then the principal comes, the police come, they take her and like, you know, so I'm just like standing there like dumbfounded, like I don't know what happened, right? So that was a Thursday, okay. So that Friday is fine. Monday of the next week, Miss Valentine slipped, hit her head, had an aneurysm and died. <laughs> I went home and I told my mom, Mama, Miss Valentine died. And my mom was like, Fuck Miss Valentine. I'm glad the bitch is dead, right? And I was like, Oh my God, right? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Okay, are you a murderer? Um, so, so that's fourth grade. So every time, <laughs> right. Every time I brought up Ms. Valentine to my mom, my mom would never tell me what the letter said. She would never say anything. Fine. So junior year of high school, my mom had a manic episode and went to a psychiatric hospital, Highland Park Hospital. Um, surprise. Um, so uh, <laughs> 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 I 
And it was the first time, like, my parents used to go out of town a lot when I was a kid, like an illegal amount of time out of town, uh, like three weeks, you know? But, like, it was the first time that, like, I knew my mom was going to be gone for this amount of time. So I was just looking through her stuff to kind of see, like, what made her snap, right? And I found the letter from Miss Valentine. Uh, my mother had had it laminated. Uh, that is how f- crazy she was, right? She went to Staples and had this letter laminated, right? So I'm like, oh my God, I, even, I haven't thought about this in years and I want to see what this says because my mom never told me. So I used to have the letter. My sister has it now. I used to know it verbatim, but this is tick, like particularly what it said, right? Uh, so I opened the letter. It said, Dear Mrs. T., which is strike one, okay? <laughs> that is, my mom's name is not fucking Miss T. Like, she knows that. Um, she knows my mom's name was Phyllis Clark. Uh, Mr. T is a fake name. Like, she's well aware of that. So, <laughs> dear Mrs. T, strike one. Um, it said, I want to welcome you and your family to Lake Forest. Erica is a joy to have in class, right? So I'm like, okay, what's the problem? The next sentence said, I am recommending that she be moved out of my class into remedial math because I think that she's cheating. (laughs) Because there's no way that a kid from an inner city school could be at the same level as the students at Lake Forest. And I think it's unfair that you raise your kids to not be at our level so they just cheat their way to success, right? (laughs) Yeah. And she said a lot, a lot of things. And I, I remember reading that letter, right? And I remember thinking that. I was 15 years old when I was a junior. I remember thinking, like, I remember thinking that she didn't just think I was cheating. Like, she thought my whole family was cheating. Like, we didn't work hard enough to be in Lake Forest. Like, you know, my dad had pretty much just won the lottery or something like that. Like, she didn't think of, like, she didn't think that I was truly intelligent. She just thought that the administration had done something to, like, let me slide by because they were impressed about who my dad was, right? And I thought about, like, my whole life I had spent being embarrassed of my parents, right? Like, I was always embarrassed. Like, why can't they just be normal? Like, my dad showed up to my eighth grade graduation with a, a f***ing sailor coat on, no shirt on underneath, <laughs> pink spandex and cowboy boots. Like, what the f*** are you, where are you going, right? <laughs> are you in the Navy or are you, I don't know what the f***, right? So... My whole life, I was always extremely embarrassed by my parents, right? But, like, reading that, it made me realize that, like, a lot of people, even my next-door neighbor had wrote something in the Sun-Times, which my dad kept in our foyer of our house, and I never understood, where she said something like, you can take the nigger out the projects, but you can't take the projects out of a nigger. And and I, I thought about all that stuff, and I thought about all those math classes I took every single day, and I thought to myself, man, Miss Valentine. I'm glad that is dead. All right. Thank you, guys. Welcome to Lake Forest, Illinois It's such a joy, she said To have Erica in class with me I really must say how much I enjoy her company But, dear Mrs. T, 
Even though I understand your husband's on TV Call it intuition, our condition is arousing my suspicion As a trained arithmetician, well it simply does not compute She's guessing, she's probably guessing Maybe she's cheating, cheating Up Valentine, up Mrs. T, I understand you didn't make it all the way to college like me But really it is simply public knowledge, you see A child from the south side, the outside is automatically unqualified She can't hang, it's the order of the universe It's yin-yang and so although the way she comes at every problem Means to make it easier to solve them I live no in choice remedial, In remedial, in remedial, in remedial math She's guessing She's probably guessing No, maybe she's of my conversation with Erica. Today we get to talk to Erica Nicole Clark. Hello, Erica Nicole. Hello, how are you? It's so great to be with you because last year at our MLK Day show, you absolutely stole the show. You were 100% the showstopper. Your video on our YouTube is the most watched video. How does it feel to be <laughs> a superstar? Oh my God. <laughs> It's a very nice compliment. Thank you. That story, I told it before and people pick up different elements of it that I guess I, I didn't even realize that was happening at the time. You know what I mean? Um, the very first time I told that story, I told my mom afterwards, I told her story and she reminded me of other parts of it. So I've listened to recordings of me saying it first, but then there was other parts of it. Like I had forgotten that the sore spot for my mom was like not finishing her schooling, all of her sisters having these super advanced degrees and stuff like that. So I think putting in that element, also me being like the only black kid at an all white school. <laughs> it was just a recipe for a disaster with this Valentine. It's interesting because I'm well aware of who I'm related to. And 
since I'm a teacher now, I know kids are probably in the same situation that I was in. Like, I know it's probably a, a prevalent problem that happens everywhere. It just probably wasn't dealt with the same way it was dealt with with me. It's amazing that you're a teacher. Can you believe that? They, they, <laughs> under, they underestimated you. Ms. Valentine, totally. It's just the systemic racism that existed. She probably didn't even realize that she was perpetuating the racism. Yeah. But do you feel that if you were in school in Lake Forest today, I don't know if you ever go back there, but uh-huh. if you were a little black girl in that white school system today, do you feel like that happened now? Um, yeah, because I, I, I see it happen when I teach at school. I feel like the only reason or one of the major reasons why they were so quick to handle the situation was probably because of who I'm related to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we had just moved there and I don't think that they wanted any problems, you know, so I'm pretty certain that every teacher in that school knew what happened. Mm-hmm. They probably had meetings about it. Of course they, you know, you were probably the subject, your mom and you, you were probably the subject of many discussions. You know, uh, how do we handle Mrs. T? Yes. Speaking of your mom, in the, in the story, you depict your mom as the hero. She's like a hero Erica and 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 when she comes to the school and when she says excuse me I just said the f but I but you know when she says f Miss Valentine uh-huh. I, I'm glad that just I mean it's like it, it's hilariously funny but yes and it was so terrifying to me because it's like you know those people who just curse a lot yeah you know, my mom was somebody who just cursed a lot like in her normal talking and I was always used to it. It was like when my white friends were around, they were kind of be like, oh, your mom's mad. And it's like, oh, no, that's just, that's yeah. just how she talks. <laughs> so her coming into like a fourth grade classroom mm. and cursing, it was like, oh, like, because they were all like, who is that? And I'm just like, I don't know that. I mean, they were terrified, and I'm just like, oh, man. I tell you, you have, because of your sense of humor, you, you tell the story. It's absolutely hilarious, but you're also uh-huh. talking about some painful experiences. That sounds mm-hmm. painful. So do you, as a comedian, do you turn your pain into comedy? Is that one thing that you, you hear that people do? Yeah. It's either, like, pain or my mom when she was angry at anybody else, it used to be really funny to me. Not her being angry, but the things that she would say. I remember we read somewhere in a book about like Einstein saying like, you can't be scared and angry at the same time. When I get on stage now, I always make myself very angry, Mm. which is such a weird thing to do. But I, I think of something that angers me and it takes my stage fright out. Wow, what a technique. Ooh. Yeah, so I mean, I will think about the most random things, either if it happened to me or if I read it somewhere, but it takes all my fear out. So I, I yeah, a lot of my humor comes from stuff that angers me. Mm. So like the situation, like I said, with my mom in the school, it angered me. Not necessarily because of what I was going through, but it angers me now when I like, I, you know, I work in a school and I see like 
kids of different skin colors be treated a little bit more harshly and stuff like that. You know, like, so yeah, I use anger, which is probably the root pain. Pain is the root of it. Hmm. Now, as a comedian, how much, how much of a comedian slash storyteller, how much is that a part of your life today? It's a huge part, even though with this pandemic, we haven't been able to like, it so bothers me to this point, like where there, there's stuff that happens, you know, you just want to get on stage and talk about it, find a joke in it and things like that. But it plays a huge part. I try to like every aspect, you know, I have a boyfriend. I try to talk about that on stage. I try to talk about working with children on stage. I try to implement all of my life on stage because a lot of people always ask, is that true? You know, like when you said that, is that true? And 99% of the time it's true. You know, for standup, I may exaggerate it a little bit, but it's always rooted in truth, either with me or someone close to me that it happened to, you know? So. That's why you, that's why you're an excellent performer because you have that very honest huh. appeal, but you also are hilariously funny and incredibly entertaining and you can captivate a room, Erica, like, like, Oh, thank you. Well, Erica, it is a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much again for performing at story jam and thank you for letting me interview you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, take care, baby. Thank okay. you so much. All right, no problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening, dear listeners. Please don't forget to visit us online and find out all about our storytelling workshops and events and hit us up with a review if you can. Always remember, please, and never forget, in perpetuum, storius, it means keep those stories going. See you next time at Story Jam. Check us out at storyjamshow.com.